Welcome to the High Vibration Living Podcast. I'm your host, Chef Whitney Aronoff, founder of Starseed Kitchen and High Vibration Foods. Join me for conversation where we learn about food, wellness, beauty, travel, and spiritual concepts for high vibration living. Only you know what your body needs. Let this be the reminder that you have the power to tap in and know the food, self-care, and spiritual practices that will best serve you. I will be sharing my knowledge and learning with you from experts providing insight into nourishing all the layers of you, the physical, emotional, spiritual, and etheric bodies, so you can feel your best and live your dreams. Let's get started. Hi, friends, and welcome back to the High Vibration Living Podcast. I'm your host, Chef Whitney Aronoff, founder of Starseed Kitchen and High Vibration Foods. I'm really looking forward to having you guys tune into this week's episode with Emily Green, also known professionally as Emily the Medium. We first connected when she purchased a Starseed sweatshirt from my website, Starseed Kitchen, and her name and business popped up as Emily the Medium, and I thought, I have to learn more about who this is. And I've been following all of her work from her podcasts to her social media posts, all about her business for quite a while now. Emily is an acclaimed psychic medium who specializes in supporting families to connect to the energies of their children, or also known as their spirit babies, at all phases of the journey. Whether people are struggling with fertility challenges in the preconception phase or while they are pregnant. In addition, Emily also supports families in raising their sensitive children helping young children to acclimate to earth, as well as helping individuals understand and master their innate intuitive abilities. And so we're going to get all into these topics on this episode of the High Vibration Living Podcast. And I know you guys are going to enjoy a variety of the tidbits that we are diving into. If you guys aren't aware yet, Emily has a book coming out called A Cosmic Bond, Communicating with Your Spirit Babies from Preconception to Birth. I highly recommend if you are loving what we're talking about, you look into picking up that book. You can also check out Emily's podcast. Her website has a wealth of information at Emily the Medium. I won't hold back any longer. Let's just dive into the episode. Enjoy. Well, hello, Emily. Welcome to the High Vibration Living Podcast. Thank you, Whitney. I'm so happy to be here. I really am. This is very exciting, and it's a bright spot in my calendar today. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Me too. And you were the first person that I ever heard the term spirit babies from. So that is part of the conversation that I want to get into today. Um, But for our audience that might not be familiar with your work as a medium, can you explain a little bit more about what you do and what your specialty is? Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I love that you say that because I like being people's first introduction to this term. I always just say I'm certainly not the one who like coined this term or invented this term spirit baby. You know, there's been um, other people throughout, um, throughout time, although it's still fairly recent and kind of the spiritual arena. But um, yeah, I started my work as a medium. um, And that's actually really through my work as a medium is really how I found out this, this kind of connection with spirit babies. So I started my practice communicating with people's loved ones on the other side. Um, doing various different types of healing work, energy healing, um, and just kind of, you know, I used to do a lot of work with people, a, lo- a lot of work with people who are kind of at turning points on their on their path, on their spiritual path. And they were looking to, you know, leave the job and start fresh and move to a new country and all this sort of stuff. So I always seem to attract those types of people who are looking to have these kind of big upheavals um, in their life. And so that's sort of how I started my practice and still doing lots of that work. I also do different types of intuitive development work and mediumship development work. I'm really passionate about training um, generation of people who weave their intuition and weave their intuitive abilities into whatever it is that they're doing. So I've worked with nurses and doctors and naturopathic doctors and accountants and lawyers and all different kinds of people who I'm just really you know, wanting to see everyone in some way, shape or form in the way that they're interfacing and interacting with whoever it is that they're serving, you know, clients, patients, whoever, 
that they're using some degree of their intuition. So I'm doing some of that work, but most of my work or certainly my, my focus at this point in time or has been for the last few years is doing this spirit baby work, which is really helping families um, connect to the energies of their children and supporting them in the conception process and any type of fertility challenges and so on and so forth. So that's kind of the the scope of my work and my practice and what it's all about. So what does the term spirit babies mean? Yeah. So, you know, I think it, it, to me, it takes on a myriad of different, of different definitions. In my opinion, this, a spirit baby is a soul, really. It's, it's a soul. It's an incoming soul. That's another term that I'll use. Um, because, you know, oftentimes I'm talking to these souls of, of, of children, you know, we could say that they're children because they are going to be children soon. They're going, they, you know, to incarnate on planet earth, you have to most of the time, um, come into the body of a baby. (laughs) And so, um, but ultimately we are all, these brilliant, intelligent souls. Um, And so a spirit baby is really just a soul who's looking to incarnate within a family. And so I also say that another alternate definition of spirit baby is the souls of your children, past, present, future. So whether that's a soul that's come to be with you at a point in the past, but they're no longer here with us, whether they exited through a miscarriage or another, another way, whether that is a child that you're currently pregnant with, you know, it's also possible, very possible, um, and quite easy actually to communicate with the souls of our children while they're in utero, which is a very fun and beautiful experience. And then also a spirit baby could be defined as, you know, a soul that is planning on coming into your family in the future, whether that's five years in the future, 10 years in the future, 15 years in the future, and so on. There really is no like maximum time limit of when you can start connecting. I've had people start connecting with the souls of their children, including myself, when they were teenagers. Um, so yeah, so a spirit baby is ultimately, if we're really boiling it down, it's a soul who is looking to come in and have an experience on planet Earth. And the way that they have to do that is, is to choose a family and parents and a geographical location and come into a body to have an experience. So how did you first naturally start to be able to connect with your own unborn children at such a young age, maybe when you hadn't already developed your psychic abilities to where they are today? Yeah, I think what I will say is that when I was starting to have these encounters or these experiences with with the soul of my one particular child, um, I didn't know that the, the you know a lot of my 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 childhood and my my teenage years were kind of like I didn't know that what was happening to me it didn't happen to other people so um you know I was like oh it's not like a normal experience to talk to the soul of your future child as you're like falling asleep at night I didn't know that that was like a weird thing um yet uh I found that out later but um I I would, it happened exactly as I said, um, I would be falling asleep at night and, you know, I had lots of growing up, lots of insomnia. And so I was always like either trying to fall asleep or trying to fall back asleep. It was just a constant thing. And so when you have insomnia and you can't sleep a lot, I mean, you're just trying to find things to do. Sometimes I would read, sometimes I would meditate, sometimes I would look at the stars and, you know, there was all different kinds of things I would do. But one of the things that I would do is, um, or I wouldn't try actively to do this, but I started having this entity, this energy started to come to me and basically introduce herself as the soul of my future child um, when I was around 15. And just kind of, you know, sometimes there was lots that was being said and a transmission of information of like, you know, this is who I am and this is who I want to be. And there's, you know, that kind of transmission of information. But sometimes it can even just be as simple as we're just kind of, um, you know, there's no words being exchanged. It's just sort of like gazing at each other, you know, feeling each other's energy or that sort of thing. So that's kind of how it started for me. And so, um, I started without knowing that I, I like without consciously wanting to do that. Like I'm 15 and I want, I wasn't even thinking about having children really at that point in time. Um, but she just started coming to me anyway, which can be the case for a lot of people where they have this kind of, I call it like a spontaneous communication with the soul of their child where they have a dream or they come in a meditation or somebody comes up to them on the street and is like, you have a, you know, a, a baby girl energy around you or whatever. So it can happen in a lot of different ways, but that's how it started for me. So when do babies typically, or unborn souls typically choose their parents. When is this plan made? 
Yeah, that's a great question. And I will say that it is different for, it's a, it's an individual kind of thing. And I'll give this answer from two angles. So the first angle, and this has been the most common angle, is that before we've even incarnated um, in, in, in these bodies, like Emily, you know, me as Emily, you as Whitney, that we've already created um, contracts with the children that we are going to have. So before we've, we've even been born ourselves, there's already contracts of which children are going to be coming into our family, you know, 20, 30, 40 years in the future, basically. And so that that is probably the most common experience that most people have, that that has already kind of been chosen and decided. And then it's just a matter, it's, it's different for everybody when that soul basically starts to make their presence known. And I will say that for some people, they don't have any conscious connection with the soul of their child before they're born. It's just sort of like they're pregnant and they never had an experience of connecting to people. But most of the people that I'm talking to, you know, they're like, I felt this or I've been feeling the soul for a while or this sort of thing. And that could be in some situations, I'll explore the other side of the, the spectrum in a moment, that could be in some situations that that soul is just like kind of just chose that that person at that time and they're just starting to come around. But more than likely, the decision had already been made pre-incarnation. And it was just sort of the soul starts coming around to basically start preparing for conception. Now that can be, again, that can be two years in advance. That can be five years in advance. That can be 15 years in advance. The timeline really varies for, for different people. It just depends. I've seen, you know, souls come in like a month before conception and they're like, hey, I'm here now and you're going to get pregnant next month. And the people are like, what? No, I'm not ready. Or, you know, they, they think they're not ready, but they actually are. So that's kind of the, that's the most common. However, what I am seeing more and more now is these, you know, quote unquote, new souls where there maybe wasn't a contract that was decided before. And there was actually something that that individual, um, you know, there's, there's, there's a, so many different factors, but one example is like, you know, maybe a, um, an individual who didn't think that they were going to have children that that's a very common one where it's like you know they're coming into an incarnation and they're like I don't know I think it's actually better for me to be child free for you know for for this incarnation um but then that changes for so many different reasons it can change maybe it is that they meet a partner where they can really see themselves having children with or maybe they have you know had a, a very deep kind of spiritual awakening experience and now they feel and they know that they want to bring a child into this world in one way or another and so that can what i'm trying to say is that it can change even if we're like you know we contracted before we're not going to have children or that sort of thing that i see it changing now and i see these new souls kind of coming in almost spontaneously and you know coming to families and being like would you take me you know would you bring me here so I'm seeing that a lot more often um, as well which is very exciting to me so how do you coach somebody who reaches out to you because they want to start connecting to their baby before they get pregnant and they don't know how to do it is yeah. that something people reach out to you for Oh, for sure. Oh, yes, all the time. It's like the most common question I get, like, how do I, I want to connect with my spirit baby? How do I do it? And I think, and it's funny, because, you know, I am interested in all different forms of, um, of spiritual communication, and so on and so forth, mediumship and animal communication, and, you know, Akashic records, and just everything. And what's interesting is I think that, it seems that the concept of spirit baby communication can kind of trip people up a little bit more than maybe some of these other kind of communications. They make it, they seem, they feel like, or they think that it's more difficult or that it's harder or that it's harder to kind of like maybe get their minds around a little bit. I don't know why. Maybe it's because we're talking about this, you know, um, you know, just, just energy that doesn't have a physical body yet. And they're looking to come in and it just, maybe it just seems too, too abstract for people. But one of the main things that I want to do is I want to make it feel like this communication with your spirit baby can be as easy as sitting down in meditation and getting an answer from your own, from your intuition. You know, most people, most people, I, I would assume, and especially your listeners, Whitney, I would imagine that most people have had one kind of, at least one experience or one dance with some form of intuitive feedback, you know, of I need to, you know, um, leave my job, or I need to travel the world, or I need to sell my house at this time, or this sort of thing. Most people, people have had that. And what I'm proposing is that the communication between that, that kind of energy and the communication that you would have with your spirit baby is not that different. It's not, it's really not that different. And 
One of the main thing, well, two of the main things that I recommend to people when they're looking to connect to their spirit babies is number one, you know, especially um, I work with a lot of families who are having trouble conceiving and that's why they want to connect to their spirit baby because they're looking to, you know, um, to support them on their path and support them on their journey of conception. And so with that being said, a lot of people are very kind of afraid that maybe like, what if I don't have one? Or what if they don't want to come to me anymore? Or what if they went away? Or what if they left? And so I find that, that it's very easy for people to kind of go into these like um, kind of fear stories really of like what if what if kind of expecting the worst what if I'm not able to get pregnant what if I can't get pregnant naturally you know all of these things and so I think to connect effectively and efficiently one of the things that I guide people to is of course we're not going to be able to eradicate all of the fear probably um, but at least just setting it aside and coming back into the space of love and trust and knowing that you and this soul you know are, have have some sort of agreement whether it's just begun or whether it's been in place for a long time and that they are going to they are ready and willing to work with you and for your your energies to work with each other to bring them here um and so that's the first thing is I have people I kind of work with people on just like how do we move some of this um fear out of the way so that we can really get to the core of the matter the other thing that I will guide people into and I also just teach this in general intuitive development that I teach is just something that I call quiet receptivity. Um, most of us don't have any, you know, well, a lot of us, I think that this is really growing, that most people have some sort of meditation practice or they have some sort of breathwork practice or they have something that they're doing daily, maybe weekly to, you know, to, to soothe the body, to quiet the mind and this sort of thing. And so what I'm proposing also is just that if you allow yourself to clear space in your mind and body, you know, every day, I, I recommend every day, but it could be a couple times a week and coming into this quiet receptivity where your heart is open, your mind is open and clear, and you are consciously calling on the energy or the soul of your child in your mind and asking them to come and be around you to let you feel them to let you see them to give you an experience of them they will come and um, it's just a matter of how clearly you can receive that and sometimes it takes time to like build up clear receptivity where it's like oh, I saw them I saw their face or you know I felt their energy or I heard their name um, some people like that's their first touch point with the soul of their child so I think with some combination of those two things is usually where I start when I'm guiding people to connect with their own spirit babies I'll also guide people to like ask them um, for signs or symbols, you know, sending sending them signs of something that is significant to them or um, picking a sign or a symbol that they feel is relevant for, for the soul of their child. So those are some good places to, to start and usually where I start with people. Is it different for men who are wanting to connect or see their future unborn children? Yeah, I love that you're bringing men into this conversation because sometimes they get lost in this conversation, right? Because of course, you know, women are women are a lot of the you know leading the charge on this kind of conversation around conception and fertility and so on. But I have seen such a beautiful emergence over. I've been doing this work for quite a while, and what's really interesting is, especially over the last three to four years, I've seen men get so interested and conscious and aware of how the kind of father that they want to be for their children and being really present, not only in the, you know, the actual kind of like, you know, physical processes of conception, but I've seen men getting very, very present in the spiritual aspects of conception. And so it's, it used to be very uncommon for me to have a man, like the, a, a male counterpart of a relationship come to a spirit baby reading. Now, almost every reading I'm giving, I'm giving it to the, 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 the couple together. And they're both equally invested and interested in the, and, and the male counterpart is like, what can I do? How can I support them? How can I love them? So they're certainly um, very much, you know, a part of the conversation. I'm seeing them step up more and more and more. The other thing that I'll add there is that I think that um, a, a soul of a child, you know, usually is around both partners, you know, at, at one time, whether that's, you know, and that can that can be in any kind of um uh, you know, relational um, exchange, whether that's, you know, male, female, 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 male, male, etc. But most of the time, they're closely bonded with both partners. 
However, I actually just had an experience the other day where a soul was showing me that they actually came and made contact and started connecting with the male part of the relationship, the, the, the man in the relationship first, before they went and started connecting with the future mother. And basically the spirit baby was showing me like when this man was 15 and he was in high school and he was like, um... He was like a musician and like a rapper and he was like writing all his own raps and music and things like this. And the spirit baby was like, I loved watching you do that. And I want I want you to teach me how to do that, like when I'm here and um, and all these things. And then basically went on to connect with the soul with the, with his mother when this father met the mother when they were both 18. And so, you know, I think it, I think it really just depends on um, on the situation. But I certainly have seen um, spirit babies coming and making contact and and communicating and being around or showing themselves as present around the male counterpart in the relationship first. So, so have question. you had any experiences where a client has connected with their unborn child in order to connect with? their future husband, find their future husband or, or wife. Has anyone ever used that connection to help guide them to the right place? Absolutely. Yeah. I have had especially a lot of people looking to find their future partner coming to my events and coming, you know, and asking me questions in the last few years. And, um, I actually just had an amazing story of this woman um, that I wrote about in, in the book that I have coming up. And she was, totally single, you know, she was, she was like happy and happy being single, happily single, um, living her life. She was living in California. She was a surfer, you know, she was just like happy. However, one day she started having these very intense, very vivid, um, meditations and visions of this, this male, this energy, he presented to her as like he was in his twenties, which is always interesting. Like this is a thing that sometimes your, your children, as you're connecting with them, they may not always present as babies. Um, people like expect to see like newborn babies. And then this child, this man, this male energy is coming forward and he's in his twenties and he's like, I'm your future son. Anyway, and so he started connecting with her and he basically came around her and he kind of like wouldn't leave her alone. There was this sense of urgency and there was a sense of like, I need to come in. And so, of course, she said to him, well, you're going to have to help me find your your future father because I'm totally like, I don't know how this is, you know, I don't know how this is going to happen. This is not going to happen unless we have this. And it was important for her to be in partnership as she brought in a child and be in committed partnership. Anyway. And so she came to one of my events and, and, um, you know, we did some kind of some energy work on, on this for the people in in the event who are looking to, um, call in a partner. And three months later, she had this like intuitive download to go on a dating app. And she said it was really weird because she had never been on a dating app before. She didn't even like them. She thought they were kind of silly. All her friends were doing the dating apps. And she was like, I just will never be a dating app person. Anyway, she got this pink, go on this dating app, go on this specific dating app and don't do, don't go on any of the other dating apps. Anyway, I think it was like the first or the second person she matched with is her now partner. She is now, I think, like 30 something odd weeks pregnant with this baby boy who is the, the, you know, she feels it's the same energy that was connecting with her before. And the most amazing thing is, is that from start to finish, from her feeling, starting to feel this energy to her meeting her partner, to her becoming pregnant, it was a year and a half. So I think that this is the thing that I want to put forward too, is that when, you know, the, these energies can really make things happen very quickly, if that, if that is appropriate, if the timing, you know, is appropriate for everybody involved. Um, but it definitely, it definitely happens. And, you know, what I, what I say is just usually, you know, you just ask, <laughs> ask them to help you say, please guide me in the direction. Please give me the intuitive information that I need to take me in the direction of where my future partner is. And and they will. And they will. They'll find a way. Sometimes it might take longer. Sometimes it might be very quick. Sometimes it may be very strange, you know, in the way that it was happening. I was doing a reading for this one woman who, um, who her spirit baby set told her to make sure that she was going to the farmer's market every weekend um, to, to meet her, her, her future partner and was like, don't miss a Saturday. Like, make sure you're making it to all those farmer's markets because they were basically like orchestrating that he would also be there and that they would kind of come together. And so that's still TBD. We're still, that's still in process. As soon as I have like a resolution to that story, I will pass it on. But um, absolutely all the time, it's very much possible and I see it and it's very beautiful. 
Well, I hope that farmer's market situation happens. Like, what a beautiful way to meet. I know. That's what I thought. I was like, this is like a movie. This is so dreamy. That's what I thought, too. Like, I was seeing it. I was seeing her, like, looking through the produce and picking up apples and, you know, kind of almost like seeing him, this this partner kind of getting, they're, they're getting, like, closer and closer and closer to each other until eventually they're at the same farmer's market stand. And yeah. they're, like, looking through the same produce. And that's, you know, them showing me that that's how they connected. I know. What a great way to meet. The dream oh, romantic real right. life. Yeah, I love right. it. Exactly. Hi, I'm Chef Whitney Aronoff. As a personal chef, I created custom organic spices for my clients. These blends are of the highest quality with no added sugar, MSG, caking agents, or any junk. I want you to have the same access to good quality seasonings, which is why I've launched my line of organic spice blends. High Vibration Foods by Starseed Kitchen is my collection of chef-crafted organic spice blends made with only good-for-you ingredients. I use organic source spices, ancient mineral-rich Redmond Real Salt, prepare the blends listening to kundalini mantra music, then charge the jars with the quartz Giza crystals for a true high-vibration experience. You can now purchase my most requested blend, 11 Magic Herbs and Spices, on starseedkitchen.com. Use code STARSEED for 10% off your purchase. Can't wait for you to enjoy. So if somebody is trying to tap in on whether or not to have another kid, mm-hmm. if they're trying to get clarity on that, should they be asking their the souls of their current children? Should they just be looking deep within? Should they be asking some sort of energy out there. What do you recommend for people that are struggling on that decision? Yeah, that's a wonderful, great question. Um, I think I like what you said actually about children, you know, like the child that is already there starting to actually bring up the possibility of another child coming in, or even if that's like they have someone has two children already, and they're, they're wondering about having a third child. A lot of the times our children that are already here will give us some clues as far as that. I mean, I hear this all the time where people are like, you know, my son just said that he has a baby sister in the sky. And when am I going to bring her here? And, and people are like, what does that mean? You know, what does that mean? And that really is the the soul of your child who's here remembering that there is another soul who's meant to come into the family and that they're giving these little prompts or these little pings to their parents as a way to kind of be like, hey, don't forget, like we have a baby sister and she wants to come in too. And so I love that you said that. And that certainly can be a very um, valid, motivating thing for a parent to hear. I mean, I know people who have made the decision to have another child alone based on the fact that their child who was already here would not stop talking about it. Like, I have a baby brother, I have a baby sister, they need to, where are they? Like, it's like incessant. And so that's a, a, a big thing. I think that what I will say is that a lot of times people think about that decision usually more intellectually than from kind of a heart or a soul level where it's like, oh, should we have a second child or a third child or even a fourth child? Like, you know, um, I don't know, like, do we have the time for it? Do we have the energy for it? Do we have the finances for it? Like, that's usually kind of the conversation or does my husband want it or, you know, this sort of thing. And what I propose to most families is that there is a feeling, you know, and and I have so many people messaging me saying, I have this feeling that my family is not complete, but I don't know if I can trust that or if that, you know, that that doesn't even make sense. Like we don't even have the time to, we're so busy with two children. How are we ever going to manage three? And people will just say, but I have this feeling that my family is not complete. I just can't shake it. And so that in and of itself, that feeling, that inkling, that, that is something that is the soul of one of these children being like, they're basically kind of putting this energetic pressure on you to be like, don't forget about me. I want to be here. I want to be alive. I want to be in your family. So that's one way. I think that, um, you know, another way to know, okay, having another child or not having another child is to, to just tune in and just to see, okay, is there, does it feel like there's another soul who's waiting here to join my family? Maybe somebody hasn't felt, you know, anything and they're sort of like, maybe they're like, I don't know if I should because I can't really feel anything. I don't have a feeling one way or another. And then that's like a kind of a situation where, you know, they would kind of tune in themselves and see, okay, is there another soul here? Um, Or, you know, they would get support from someone like me just kind of feeling out, okay, is there another soul wanting to join your family? What I will say is that there is such a, 
a long waiting list, believe it or not, to enter the earth plane, um, especially right now. And so most of the time, if a, if a family is like, do we have another soul waiting to come in? And there is a strong possibility that they would be able to provide the soul with, you know, the kind of life and environment and, thing, and things that they needed. There's almost always going to be another soul who's like, yep, I'm here. I'm ready to go. Like, can I come in? Um, you know, so that's just something to keep in mind as well. Of, you know, almost always. Now, of course, we have free will and, and you could decide that, you know, I don't know if it, if, if we can really, like, if it would, if we can really do it, having another child, I'm just not really sure if we could, if, if, or we just feel really comfortable with having one, or this sort of thing. So that's what I would say. And I, one last thing I'll add on that is that I see a lot of people who, if they have any kind of confusion or like indecision, that they'll, you know, maybe like go through a process trying to figure it out. And then they'll kind of for almost like forget about it or they'll move on or they'll just sort of like be like they'll close that door and then Whitney they'll be you know they'll be like spontaneously accidentally pregnant two years from now do you know what I'm saying so it's like sometimes the decision is not ours to make intellectually and to actually like you know start trying or this sort of thing sometimes it's actually just like in the hands and at the will of the soul who's looking to come in and they'll make it happen sometimes without us even being like like oh my gosh that was a surprise but that decision was kind of made you know not made for me truly but you know what I mean of like oh that kind of just surprised me and here we go I guess we're we are having another child now because the soul just kind of decided to come in hope that makes sense it does and sometimes we get what we want once we let go yeah. which is the hardest. But once you let go and almost forget, it's almost like when all the gifts start coming to you. Exactly. Precisely. Exactly. Do you, do you ever tune into or look up your client's astrological charts before you do a reading for them? Yeah, this is a great question. Um, do you mean like looking up the parents' charts, like the, exactly. the potential families? Yeah. yeah, this is a great question. And you know what? I have I have never personally done this but I mean I love astrology I I mean I'm just obsessed with it in every way and usually if I feel that what I will do is usually if I feel that there is some sort of astrological significance or maybe I'm just like I'll usually get a feeling where it's kind of like okay, I feel like I want to send you to my, I've got lots of astrologer friends and so I love astrology I don't read astrological charts professionally um but I'll kind of be like, I feel like you need to go have like have this person look at your chart. And sure enough, they'll go have the astrologer look at their chart. And right around the time that we were talking about them starting to conceive, you know, their son moved into their fourth house, or they have a significant transit that points towards, um, you know, family and motherhood and, 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 and things like this and growing a family and expansion and things like that. So, um, certainly there is so much in the chart, just as with anything else that can really point towards, um, you know, having children, having a first child, having a second child, um, you know, nurturing, mothering, things like this. There's so much information within the chart. I just have never personally looked at a chart beforehand. I usually will kind of feel if that's necessary or relevant. Um, and then I'll kind of like outsource. I'll be like, go see this person. And then they will. And they're like, oh my God, you know, I have this like really significant motherhood transit um, kind of coming up. So, yeah. So one thing that has always fascinated me is how people end up with their names. Yes. And how parents tap into naming their children or in some cases, lack of tapping into naming their children. I'd love to know first your story about how your mom settled on the name Emily for you. Oh, I love it. This is a great question. And um, it's kind of a cool story, actually, because I also love names and the meaning of names and the significance and just like the feeling, the power of a name and how really it is here to, you know, it's how we present ourselves to the world for most of our for all of our lives. And there is like an energy behind the name that gives you this kind of flavor and this power and um, to really fulfill your destiny. So for me, um, I actually, Emily is technically not my legal first name. My legal first name is Helen. Um, and I also, my, my middle name is Nora. Helen is my, um, my maternal great grandmother and Nora is my paternal grandmother. And so those were actually the names that my parents decided on first. They knew that they wanted to have the names of my great grandmother and my grandmother within my name. And they had both passed away at this point. Um, and what's really interesting is that they found out, even though these names were kind of like already, um, 
like th these were already names of people and they knew they wanted to have a part of it, they have the same meaning. Helen and Nora have the same meaning and the meaning is light or the bright one or the brilliant one. It's light. They both mean light. And so they had that figured out. And so then it was time to kind of have this, this, this name that was going to be what I really went by. Um, and so they went through all different kinds of, you know, of names. And, but my mom said, she always said that um, even though they circled through all different kinds of names for my actual first name and what I would be called, um, it all, Emily was like the first one that she was just like, it just won't leave my mind. I just can't seem to shake it. There's all these other cool names. Like I was going to be called like Tess um, was one of the other names that they were, that they were thinking of for me. And, um, but she just said, I couldn't shake Emily. And so then what they did is they put the name together. And at first I was going to be Emily, Helen, Nora, and they were like, no, it doesn't work. And then it ended up being Helen, Emily, Nora. Um, and they were just like, that's it. You know, it was like this code basically of like putting the names together. And, um, it was like this, this kind of energetic code. And so what's interesting about the light, um, meaning of two of my other names, Emily means industrious, which I think is also fitting um for me but I have been obsessed with like just light and lighthouses lighthouses are my thing I love like imagery of lighthouses and the symbolism of lighthouses and all of these things and um I'm just obsessed with the, like just like bringing light into the planet and bringing light into the world and all these things so um anyway that's kind of how they came to the decision but to answer your question is that my mom was just like this is the name that keeps me up at night where I, there's all these other cool names that would be cool and like trendy and at the time in the nineties, you know, when she was naming me, but she was just like, this was the one that felt like it fit and I couldn't, couldn't get it out of my mind, which makes me think that that was me in spirit as a spirit baby being like, Hey, it's Emily, you know, this is how, and this is how I want you to put my name together and yeah. all that kind of good stuff. So, yeah. I love that. I love learning how people end up with their names. For someone listening out there who is currently pregnant or is the husband to a woman who's currently pregnant, can you share how they can maybe get quiet and get more clarity around what they should name their unborn child? Yes, absolutely. If they, if they choose to, you know, because there's so many different concepts of waiting to meet the child before you name them, but um, mm -hmm. but I've always believed that you can tap in. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that um, you can absolutely tap in beforehand. I believe that 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 children have a very good idea of their name, most of them. So I have come across some children who are kind of like, I trust that you're going to make, you know, a good decision for me. And they maybe don't have as, they don't need to have as much say in the matter. But most children are like, this is the name. I was actually just working with a couple last week. And it was, I'll just give the story and then I'll answer your question. I, I like to, to answer questions through stories, obviously, as you've probably gathered. Um, but I was working with this couple and the soul, so they asked me about the name because a lot of families do. A lot of families are like, help us with the name. We are, you know, we have this, do they like it? And so usually what I'll do is they'll bring a name forward, the name that they're really considering. And what I'll do is I'll either, the, it happens one of two ways. Either the soul will bring me the name before they say anything about it. So I'll be like, they're, they're giving me a name that sounds like this, or I'll kind of like spell it out, or this is the primary kind of sound at the beginning of the name, or this is kind of like the vibe of the name or this sort of thing. So they'll either bring it to me first, or what I'll do is I'll have couples basically say the name out loud, and I'll basically watch, I'll kind of interact with the soul, I have this very, you know, intimate link with the soul. And and I see how they respond and how they react to being called that name. And sometimes there's a huge, like there is like usually a lot of families already have it because the soul just lights up in recognition and expansion. And they're like, that's it. That's me. Right. They expand. And other times there's more of a contraction where they're sort of like, it doesn't quite fit. And what's interesting is when I communicate that to families, they're like, yeah, we knew that we knew it was like my mom liked that name, or we read it in a baby name book, and we thought it was cool, or this sort of thing, but it just didn't really ever have that feeling behind it. And that's my thing is that when you're naming your child, you are going to feel I'm getting goosebumps as I'm saying this, there is a certain feeling when you land on that name that represents who or what you know, what they want to be called throughout the entirety of their lifetime, there is a very specific energetic feeling, it just feels correct. And there's a different feeling where a name is cool, like it's like a cool name. And I know there's like tons of people right now who are coming up with these like, 
you know, trendy type like names that are like very different and cool. And not, they're not all bad, but you know, they're just sort of more like, how weird can I make this name? You know, it's, it's less like, is this the right feeling for the child? And more of like, how different and unique can the name be, which sometimes doesn't always fit the soul. And that's the thing. So Anyway, that's what I would say to parents, and I guide parents to do this exact same thing that I do, as I say, call in the energy of your child and bring the name to them and see if you, if they don't have, you know, if they don't have the ability to like see the soul expand or contract, I say, see if you're bringing, when you're bringing it to them, do, do you expand? Do you feel like light and bright and, you know, your energy's open and your, your heart is open? Or does it feel kind of sick, maybe like, just like, the energy feels a little slow or stagnant or it feels a little incisive or this sort of thing. Um, you can pay attention to how your energy responds as you're bringing this, this name to this soul um, as a way to kind of go, is this right for you, basically? Is this, the right, is this the right name for you? Other children will do what I've also seen is that they will get the name to their parents by putting it in front of them at every chance that they get. So movies, um, books, you know, just like random people on the street, like cash years wearing name tags with the same name on it like they will find they will use whatever they can to get this this name that they want to be called to parents and they won't let them you know uh, waver or go on to anything else it's just like I've been seeing this name and usually if it's like one partner who's finding the name and then they bring it home to the other partner usually you'll be able to tell when it's the right name for a child too when it's like that's it like the partner's like that that feels right or I like that I had a client of mine who she had this experience where she was feeling this name and she was seeing it everywhere and she was having dreams of this boy with this name. And she heard it's funny because her intellectual thought was like, my husband will never like this name. She's like, he will never go for this. She brings it to him. She's like, what do you think of this name? He's like, I, it's weird because I wouldn't normally like it, but it's perfect. And I think that's what we should name him. And they just had their baby boy actually a few days ago. And that's what they named him was this name. So I think it can, they can make it happen. They can get you this name in so many different ways. And I think we just have to stay open and curious to, um, the way that they bring it in for you, you know, and it may surprise you the way that it happens. Any insights that you are getting from these different souls you're connecting with about life, the state of the world, what we're moving into, who they are and where they're coming from, anything interesting, unusual that has popped up in those readings that you feel comfortable sharing with us? Oh my gosh, Whitney, so much. I, I mean, I'm just getting my mind blown every day, literally, by what these energies are saying, what they're bringing in, what they're looking to change, um, how courageous they are, how determined they are how light like how high vibration they are just these energies that they are bringing into these little bodies are just like it's like I use an analogy of my, in my book of like pouring you know a thousand liters of water into a 10 liter you know like container it's like they have such big beautiful bright energies that are really here to create so much change um not only just in their family systems but also in the in the greater whole kind of of the of the collective and of the world and of the vibration of the planet I really believe that I mean this is just like a very simple way of putting it but I really believe that Almost all of these souls, you know, 98% of them are coming here to create um, a, a new kind of frequency and, and to help t guide the new frequency that has been building and growing on the planet. And they're really here to anchor it and, um, and to work with it and to integrate it into our systems and to break down systems that are not working and to point out things to, to you know, society and to us as parents that are just broken and they're here to really help, help us dismantle the way that we've been doing things. And they're, so, they're coming to do so much, it's almost like overwhelming to, to put it into human words and to kind of try and translate it. And I think that the most amazing thing is that if you watch these children, you know, it, even in their first, like, it seems impossible, but in their first six months to a year of life, you can just tell you're watching them and you're going, wow, what are they doing? You know, they're, they're here to do something, something big and something beautiful. And they're wasting no time getting to it. And a lot of these parents will report to me, like, my child is, you know, um, like saying, like, I've seen, had so many parents send me videos of their children like literally forming words at three or four months old and saying hi or I love you or um, repeating words back to them or this sort of thing. Like they're really 
very um, advanced and really very much here to not waste any time and to get get things moving and to create what they want to create. And it's, uh, of course, it's individual for each soul. But what I have found is that especially in the last five years or so, a lot of these souls are coming with this collective shared mission. Um, and and to put it into the words that I got in a actually an interview I was giving the other day is in many ways to get Earth up to speed um, with the rest of the the, the galaxy. Um, you know, we're kind of we're we're, we're ascending, we're we're rising up as a as a as a as a collective. And these souls are really kind of coming here to help us get up to speed, and to when we get up to that speed, to help us integrate once we're there. So. It's amazing and I can't wait to continue watching it and I really feel and see and know that there's this very palpable shift happening um, as a result of us, you know, also the, the parents and, you know, who have been here and been on our spiritual awakenings and been, you know, um, doing our own work in the world and that these souls are really coming in to back us up and support us and help us. And um, it's a very exciting time to be alive and to be a parent and um, to be bringing these children in. So, yeah. For everyone who's listening, man or woman, that wants to better tap into connecting with their unborn child, is there one tip maybe you can share that they can consider doing at home? Yes. Um, I'm just trying to think. I mean, you know, I mentioned some of them already, just quite, you know, making space for quiet receptivity. I mean, one of the best ways is to, um, you know, create a sacred space with your partner, um, maybe light some candles, put the lights down, put some peaceful meditation on, um, and sit across from each other and just hold hands. And, you know, maybe doing some eye gazing or some meditation together, some breath work together. And in that process, just sort of, you know, saying out loud or in, in your minds, we, we would like to connect with the soul of our child. Um, we would like to invite the soul in to have communication with us and to, to say what they need to say. And that's, that's actually just like, it's very simple, you know, it's a, it's, it can be very simple. And coming back to my original point at the beginning is I think that we make it harder than it has to be. Um, and that these souls are actually very willing and really want actually to communicate with their parents before they come here. It's actually kind of good for them to be able to be like, Hey, just so you know, I am a very big, bright, beautiful, advanced soul, and I'm going to create lots of change in your life. And are you ready for that? You know, in many ways. And so that's, that's the, the simplest way that I would say is like set aside some time, maybe do this once, once a month if you're on a conception journey, maybe you're doing this maybe a little bit more often every cycle. Like if you're ovulating, you can even time it around your, you know, cycles. Um, if this is like, you know, woman, uh, like in the, for the woman's counterpart in the relationship, um, time it around your cycle leading up to ovulation. If you know that you're going to be trying to conceive in that cycle, um, maybe you're coming together and having this ceremony with your partner or if you are planning on conceiving in the future, I give lots of like, um, kind of tips and tricks of like, like creating a conception plan in my book of sort of like, okay, if you're six to 12 months out for concept from conception, here's what you can do. Here's what like the spirit babies want you to look at. Look at this and look at this and look at this and look at this. If you're three months out for concept from conception, here's what you can look at, you know, look into this or do this sort of thing. So, um, but to put it simply and just to give like a one nugget is to create ceremony around it, to create sacredness around it, and ultimately to create connection because, um, you know, it takes two energies for the most part, not always, but it takes two energies to bring in these souls and, um, and creating this connection and sacredness in our relationship and their, in your relationship before you bring in a soul can be very powerful and very beneficial, not only for them, but for you as a couple. When you're not focused on writing your book or working with your clients, what do you like to learn about? What are you studying right now personally? What are you really into in the health and wellness space? Yeah. Oh, what am I not learning about? I mean, I am just reading all the time. I'm reading at least four to five spiritual books at once. I'm reading a novel. Um, you know, I'm researching something. I'm definitely like... Um, I'm a Sagittarius. So I'm just like, and I've got lots of Sagittarius energy. So I'm just like, give me everything. I want to take all of the knowledge in and I want to figure out my own take on it and how to assimilate it and integrate it and so on. Um, but to answer your question, 
the thing that I'm really into right now, and I have been for the last, you know, couple of um, handful of months is something called galactic astrology, which is looking at how your birth chart um, connects to the fixed stars in um, the Milky Way galaxy. And basically what that can tell you about perhaps your journey as a soul in physical incarnations outside of just planet Earth. Um, so yes, Starseed Kitchen, you know, we, you get it. <laughs> You're with me. I get it. Yeah. Which is so funny because that's the only astrology I know. <laughs> oh, no way. oh, amazing. Yeah. Oh, you're because, into it. Because those are, have been all the astrologers that I've ever worked with right. are ones that look that deep. Yeah. It's amazing. It's fascinating. It, it, it certainly wasn't, you know, I've, I've studied all different uh, systems, like types of astrology, and this is just the one that I found my way to. And it's like, when I found it, it was just like, oh, this makes sense. This is perfect. It was just a real kind of homecoming energy. So that's what I've been really um, studying very deeply over the last um, eight or nine months or so. Well, where can people learn more about you, follow you, see what you're into, get your book, all that good stuff? Please share where people can keep learning uh, beyond this conversation that we had today. Yeah. So I um, am on Instagram at Emily, the medium, and that's the best place usually to like get connected with different things that I have going on. My website is also www.emilythemedium.com. That's also a good place. I'm also going to have an author website um, when I publish my book called www.emilytheauthor.com. Um, so those are some good places to, to find out more about me um, and the work that I'm doing and get connected with all different sorts of things that I'm up to. So yeah. Fantastic. Well, you are a wealth of information. I'm so glad we finally have had you on the podcast. Can you leave our guests with maybe just one last tip um, for improving their health, wellness, or psychic abilities? Yeah. Um, Oh, great question. My tip, and this is something that I've been practicing. I mean, I've practiced this on and off throughout my whole life, but I've been really consistently doing this over the last... um, specifically three months or so is watching every sunrise and every sunset every day. Um, I do it. I commit to it. I get up, I get up with the sunrise. I watch the sunrise and I watch every sunset. I make sure that I have carved at the time in my schedule to go do that. And it has made a profound difference uh, in my hormones, my circadian rhythm, my, um, just my connection to the frequency of, you know, of Gaia, of mother earth, of, um, you know, just grounding energy throughout my day, all these things. It's just really such a beautiful practice. It's so simple. It's just really being on the clock with mother earth. It's, it's simple, but it is incre- has been incredibly profound in my own just health and, and well-being and spiritual connection. That is incredible. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yes. Well, it's been such a pleasure to have you on, and you. I look forward to continuing to follow your adventures and reading your book. Yeah. Thank you so much, Whitney, for having me. This was a beautiful conversation, and I loved your questions. You have great questions. They were so good. Thank you. Thank you. Well, take care, Emily. You too. Thank you for listening to this episode of the High Vibration Living Podcast. Please leave a five-star rating and review wherever you are tuning in from to help more listeners like and find this podcast. And if you really loved what you heard today, pay it forward and send this episode to a friend or loved one. For more Starseed Kitchen, visit starseedkitchen.com and follow us on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. Be sure to pick up a jar of my high vibration foods, organic spices, which you can purchase on starseedkitchen.com. You can find me and follow along on my chef adventures on all your favorite social media channels at Whitney Aronoff. Thanks again for tuning in. Cheers to you and your health. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.